Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you with us. Our co-host, Carol Zernial, is here. Carol is the past chair of the Board of Directors of the National Council on Aging. She serves as Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's got a master's degree in social gerontology with over 25 years of experience in the field of aging or caregiving. And Next Avenue's top 50 influencers on aging is uh, where you can find her from time to time. One of the things we're going to be talking about, Carol, is uh, books for children about Alzheimer's and aging. We've got a, an award-winning author who's going to be joining us in, in just a moment, uh, Linda Bozo. Uh, but tell me, when your kids were small, did you read to them? Oh, absolutely. And I saw Linda's book and was absolutely thrilled because, you know, what's wonderful about children's books is it's an opportunity, you know, A, imagination, but B, to understand something that can be very difficult. Uh, and so, you know, this is like a win-win-win. You're reading with your children. You may be helping to them to understand something that seems very difficult or strange, you know, and, you know, and you're inspiring them to think about this relationship that they have with someone who may have dementia. That's cool. Uh, Linda, am I pronouncing your last name correctly, Bozo? Bozo. Bozo. Softo. Got it. Linda Bozo. She's the author of more than 70 children's books. Dancing with Granddad, an Alzheimer's story for children and their families is her latest book, and it's a collaboration with the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. In between writing projects, Linda enjoys sharing her presentations at schools, libraries, and conferences. She's a longtime member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, and when she's not researching or writing, you can usually find her engrossed in a book or cheering out her favorite sports team, former dance teacher, Linda loves everything dance and anything purple. And Linda, you have something in common with Carol Zerniel, who loves dance as well. I know. I've decided we can be best friends right now between the books, the dancing, the children's illustrations, and, and, all and, that. I'm ready to hang out with you. Awesome. And you love purple. Yes. And I love purple. I mean, there's yeah. nothing on that list I didn't like. So thank you. <laughs> so, so Linda, tell us, first of all, uh, how did you get into the business of writing children's books and illustrating so i don't illustrate just writing you do not want me illustrating a picture book um but as far as writing so when my kids were young i well uh, just starting off as a child i just loved to read i was always taking books out of the library and um, i was an avid reader so of course when i had children of my own um i kind of had no choice i engrossed them in lots of children's books and as i was reading them i kind of fell in love with them again and thought, you know, maybe I want to try to write this myself. And so you did. So I did. So that's how I, that's how I started out. That was my inspiration was reading um, aloud to the kids. Well, Tell how did about- you, I was going to, I was just going to say, and how does that, how did you get to dancing with grandpa? So uh, I freelance and um, the Alzheimer's Foundation found me through a freelancing website, but I offer a different service through the website, not quite what they were asking for. 
um, not actually writing a story. So we had to take it off of um, that venue and we had to take it into um, a contracting job separately as I was be, would be writing the book myself. So that's how they found me. Now, as you take a look at uh, this story, can you share it with us? Dancing with Grandpa, it, it certainly generates all kinds of emotional feelings uh, that every one of us has. Uh, I, I can see that happening. Uh, how did you come up with a storyline? They basically gave me um, free will to write what I wanted to, but they, they wanted it to be real characters. They didn't want it to be a symbol for something. So that was the only thing that they told me. They really had no experience in publishing books. Um, I also worked in the publishing industry for 10 years. So that was very helpful to them as well because I kind of guided them through that. Um, background in dance. I love to dance. I include dance in um, a lot of my fiction stories that I write. And I just thought that was a great opportunity for music and dance to be connected to Alzheimer's. And that's why I came up with the storyline. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Ron. I would say share that storyline with us. So it's about a family who has a grandfather who has early stages of Alzheimer's and is first taken into the family home to be cared for. And we see the progression of grandpa through different examples. And it's through the eyes of the granddaughter, seeing her grandfather go through changes along with the family and how the family discusses those changes with the child. And ultimate decision is to put the grandfather into a facility where it would be safer for him. But one of the things that we like to talk about is keep him familiar. So one of the things that she did with granddad at home, one of uh, their traditions was to dance together. And as grandfather's uh, Alzheimer's progresses, that continues to happen. So when uh, grandpa has to go to a facility to live, uh, they continue that tradition at the facility, which is helpful to both the child and the grandfather. So I thought that was important that they still kept that connection. Yeah, yeah, I love, I, I love the, you know, just the, the thinking about that um, with the dancing. A, a because you know, music is one of the things that stays the longest with people with Alzheimer's. They enjoy it. You know, my mother had Alzheimer's, and she was in a facility, and she, you know, would just absolutely love it when songs would come on the old movie station uh, and she could, you know, recognize the music and she would just light up. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I used to dance on my grandfather's feet. He never had Alzheimer's, but he would let me, he was a very tall man. I'm small, well, small to begin with. We have with. something else in common then because I danced on my father's feet. Yes. And dancing yeah. on someone else's feet is a great way to dance. Uh, and so all, uh, there's everything about that story that I love. Now, as you think about uh, that storyline. Let me remind folks who may have just joined us. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. We're talking with Linda Bazo, who is an author, children's books, and her latest is Dancing with Granddad, an Alzheimer's story for children and their families. And Linda, this is also a fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association, the foundation. You're donating proceeds. So I, I personally am not donating proceeds. The proceeds from the sale of the book goes to the Alzheimer's Foundation. Um, I get paid a one-time fee for writing the book. Um, I totally suggest it. I didn't know if they planned on doing that or not, but I suggested that when we were working on creating the book, that the proceeds go to the Alzheimer's Foundation. And of course, if um, I ever get back out into the world doing my visits, my school visits, my um, book festivals and things like that. Certainly any books that I sell through those venues, the money will, I will donate to the Alzheimer's Foundation. 
and if you had any family experience with Alzheimer's. So I have, uh, my husband's grandmother had Alzheimer's. That was quite a long time ago. I also had an aunt who had Alzheimer's, and then I also consulted with a couple of friends who um, more recently have relatives with Alzheimer's. As a writer, we always have our stories checked, fiction, nonfiction, whatever, we have critique partners. And so I reached out to a critique partner who had a family member with Alzheimer's um, just for to check for authenticity and um, things like that. So my manuscripts never go without being read by other people. Well, it was this the, you know, you, you've written so many books. So is um, the theme of older persons and the relationship with older persons, is that something that you had written before? I have, it's not published, but I do have another story that involves an person and tap dancing. Um, that would be my very similar situation, uh, vaudeville kind of story thing. So, um, yeah, but most of my educational books are in science. Okay. I related part of that to, I also did two books about brain and emotion. Um, so a lot of my research into the brain, when I was writing those books, I was able to relate to Alzheimer's and the different parts of the brain that are affected. Yeah, as that's... You, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Ron. I, I was going to ask, as uh, you did your research and wrote this book, uh, did you discover things about Alzheimer's that you hadn't known? I think the fact that I hadn't known is that it affects uh, African-Americans is the majority of the population that it affects, which I did not realize. Yeah, and it affects different different populations differently, and, and everybody, you know, is different that gets Alzheimer's disease, you know, and the way the families respond is different. Um, yeah, so that's what... That's why I like the, the simplification of it into something that a child can understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the goal is you want the child to see themselves in the story, something that they can relate to. They see another child character that oh, they're going through the same thing I did. This is similar. This family dynamic is similar. Or I have a grandparent, too. I mean, that's right. always the goal is to give them someone relatable. And so that they don't think that they're the only one that's going through this or the only one with a relative, whether it be a grandfather or a neighbor or a friend, you know, whatever. Uh, we try to make it relatable to that age group so that they don't feel like they're going through this and they're the only ones. Right. And, and, and also to keep make it less scary. I mean, I was an adult, but my first time I met my husband's mother, she had had she already had Alzheimer's. She was living alone. And she had this white hair, you know, just sticking straight out everywhere. And she looked like a witch, you know, the wicked witch of something um, when she came to the door. And it just took me back. <laughs> so, right. you know, creating a, creating a character that's sympathetic, that has some strange behaviors <laughs> is a good thing. Right. <laughs> now, who did you model your character on? You said they didn't want you to create a fictional character. Well, not, not a fictional character, but like no symbolisms, like using um, an animal or an object, like to symbolize the loss of memory. Because sometimes that is done in, in, when we're writing children's stories. We don't actually use characters, you know, in a traditional way. Right. So that's what they asked me to do. They wanted a real family, you know, not bears or rabbits or, you know, anything like that. 
And so it was a family that you created out of the numbers of folks that you knew. Yeah, I mean, I think whenever we write, it's always, you know, based on what we're familiar with and what we know and people we know. Right. So, yeah, that, that comes through whether you try to or not. <laughs> All right, stay with me just a minute. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. We're talking with Linda Bazo, who is an author of children's books, her latest, Dancing with Granddad. And we'll tell you how to get a hold of it in just a couple of moments. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. Thank you so much for listening to Caregiver SOS on Air. We're delighted to have you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And we're talking with children's book author, Linda Mazzo, whose latest book, Dancing with Granddad, an Alzheimer's story for children and their families. And Linda, so we don't let it get away from us. If folks want to get a hold of the book, what's the best way to do that? It's to go to the Alzheimer's website. And Alzheimer's Foundation of America website. I believe it's alzfdn.org. And you can purchase it directly from the website. And, and again, the part of the proceeds, uh, well, the proceeds go to support the Alzheimer's Association. But Alzheimer's Correct. Foundation, yeah, not to foundation. Alzheimer's, yeah. the Alzheimer's yeah, Association. Yeah, yeah. Foundation. two different things, right? Yeah, foundation exactly. of America. Exactly. Yeah. Now, have you had any feedback on on the book since uh, you've published it? Are you hearing from families at all who said, boy, this was really useful in our family? So um, I'm hoping to hear that since Christmas, because a lot of people were saying that they were going to purchase it as Christmas gifts. So, yes, initially when I put it out there, I got great feedback. And some of the feedback was, oh, I wish that this book was around back when, you know, my father was alive or back when my kids or younger. Um, so what happens is, and sometimes it, it takes a need. So try to get the word of mouth out so that people say, Oh, you know, that's something that I need. And, um, yeah, so I did hear that when I first put it out there that it was released. Well, you know, I'm, I'm curious as you, you know, looking at children's literature, one of the things that my son who's now in his 20 knows, but because it's been beaten into him for his whole life being a gerontologist, you know, is ageism is things, you know, these stereotypes, these things that really aren't true about old people. Um, and I know you said you haven't written a lot about older persons, but thinking, uh, you know, looking at other children's books and just children's stories in general, do you think that um, we're still reinforcing some of these stereotypes, uh, negative stereotypes of aging in children's literature or, or do you think it's getting better? Well, I, I know your book is certainly one way it's getting better, but it, you know, have you heard anything in, in writing circles about that? I haven't really heard anything about that. 
um, from what I've seen in literature more recently. I do think it's getting better. Um, I think just in general, publishing industry is more aware of all stereotypes. So I think that goes with the aging as well. I think it's definitely getting better. I mean, you look at some of the books that were published, you know, a long time ago, and you say that would never fly today. So, yeah, they're they're very conscious, I think, of stereotypes in general. So, yeah, my, my son, my son will say things like, "This is really funny. It's ages, mom, but it's really uh, funny." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you may not like it. <laughs> right. You explain to him not to share that widely. Yes, and I'll say it is ageist and it's not funny. That's usually the case. <laughs> right. <for me. laughs> That's good. Well, Linda, tell us some of the other books that you've written. And you mentioned you have a, a number of books that have a science twist. Yeah, so I started out kind of like when you first start out, you kind of, you know, people say, oh, she's written about animals. So I have some, you know, animal books. And so writing for the educational market is basically you putting your resume out there, your experience out there, and then publishers come to you and say, we're putting out a series of books about baby animals. Uh, would you be interested in writing them? So I kind of started on that animal path, starting out with dogs, and it kind of continued. Um, so that's why the majority of my books have an animal science theme to them. But I've done other things. I've actually, I don't think I've ever really turned down a project. If somebody comes to me with a project, I don't think I've ever really said no. I mean, I've come, people are like, you know, Linda, no one else wants to write this one. Do you want to write this one? I say, sure. I don't, you know, I'm always open to new things. Well, writing it, is writing. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and has that, has the writing, you know, hit the wall? I, I have a, a cousin who writes uh, children's plays uh, and all, within a month or actually probably within a week, I think all of his projects got canceled during COVID. Um, but writing books is something that I'm, you know, hoping did has business continued. I know you can't go to book fairs and no, we can't go to book fairs, and we uh, lift uh, missed our library association uh, conference was with our school librarians went virtual this year, so things like that have stopped. But as far as the publishing business and editors and agents looking at work and accepting work, not has not stopped at all. Been a constant flow. And I've actually used a lot of this downtime. I decided to do uh, take some educational courses because everybody's offering all these virtual now. Uh, before I'd travel around the country to go to a conference workshop, and now I could do it virtually. And um, so I decided to use a lot of my downtime, not being that I'm not able to visit schools and things like that, to uh, do some educational workshops online. And it's really been great. What are you taking? What am I taking? So our Society of Children, Book Writers, and Illustrators is an organization, and there's uh, chapters for regions and states. And so each regional chapter is offering things online, and the um, society has also offered a large variety of free webinars for us to do over this course and that's been wonderful. So we were able to do free ones at least once a week for a couple of weeks. And I thought that was great too. There's all kinds of writing professionals out there who normally would be holding conferences in different states that I would normally fly to once or twice a year to participate in maybe a week long writing workshop with other writers and they bring in editors and agents from around the country doing the exact same thing through Zoom. There was actually the society also did one through the Smithsonian Institute 
recently for nonfiction, and that was uh, amazing as well. Yeah, that's what that's one of the positives of of the COVID is the opportunities. I was talking to somebody who was a dancer, and she was taking ballet lessons with someone in Moscow and flamenco lessons with somebody in Spain. And, you know, that they just weren't offering those. It wasn't an option before. You can go online right now and take a lesson from a rocket. Oh, from a rocket. There you go. The rockets are doing some free lessons. I'm not saying that I did do that, but maybe I did. But, yeah, they, they, they had to give me a little bit longer leg for the rocket. I, I was going to say, do you have to have long legs? <laughs> nobody can see you. That's the great thing about That's it. Right. You can do the lesson and nobody sees how high you're kicking or how low you're kicking. So. Well, I actually saw the Rockettes perform when I was in high school. We took a trip to New York City. We went to Radio City Music Hall and saw them dance. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and I took the, I took dance uh, from a former Rocket who danced with Tommy Tune. Yes, so I was the time to the time Tommy Tune. Yeah, imagine that. See, and so and anybody who doesn't know who Tommy Tune is, you're just too young. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he had long legs. Yeah, he did. And man, could he dance! But all you have to do is Google him, and, and you'll figure it out. So, so Linda, uh, do you work on two, three, four projects? at a time or is it one book at a time it is multiple projects at a time always um when you have something you have a contract for that you're working on so you'll be working on the research initially then you'll start working on the writing part of it Um, research usually takes longer than the writing part of it Uh, it goes out to critique partners wait for feedback um often it gets sent to the publisher and after it gets sent to the publisher you wait for um, feedback from the publisher and in the meantime you're starting the next book uh, and then there's the things that I'm not on deadline for personal projects that I'm working on myself in my own time but I am juggling multiple projects I'm not sure there's any authors that uh, stick to one project so we're all over the place I'm doing fiction I'm doing nonfiction. I'm doing you know promotional work uh, editing the website it's oh it's something different different every day but yeah well, definitely you, multiple projects so you, you mentioned that you don't do the illustrations do you ever as the author provide feedback to an illustrator um in terms of the illustrations yeah so not usually usually the author and illustrator are kept separately there's exceptions to that but they're usually kept separately so the illustrator has the freedom to interpret um the story as they see it it's pretty common uh, when the Alzheimer's said they were looking for an illustrator, they asked for any suggestions. Like sometimes they'll come to you and say, do you have any suggestions of who you think might be best to illustrate the story? In this case, I just told them they really needed to look for someone who was good at illustrating people. Some people specialize in different types of art and some, you know, I didn't want them to hire an illustrator who specialized in animals, you know, to do Uh, the people so I just thought that that was they didn't have like I said they didn't have any experience in publishing so I kind of just led them they did find the illustrator on their own I thought they did a terrific job yeah that's great I think you know it's it's really interesting I think that there's just such opportunity uh, in children's books to help uh, work through things like Alzheimer's um, you know, uh, we've seen some with the, in the, from the disabilities community, you see children's books on with children who have disabilities, but they're, you know, and then coming out of COVID and coming out of isolation, um, you know, it's just such a rich environment 
to help uh, children think through things. And I, you know, I think it's fascinating. The work that you're doing is just fascinating. Thank you. What are some of your upcoming projects? Right now, I'm working on some independent projects of my own um, biographies. I keep tending to find, so, you know, you get ideas, and I have some biographies that I've been working on, and I, like, I swear I'm not going to do another biography for a while. I'm going to work on something else. And then you read an article, or you see something online. A lot of times when I'm researching one topic, I find an interesting fact about another topic. So just this week, uh, you know, I found another interesting person and I started writing another biography. Yeah. <laughs> you can't help it. It's what, it's like what inspires you, what you're driven to write. And sometimes you don't know what it is until it, it comes in front of your face. So to say, I'm not going to ever write another biography again. I can't say that because the right person pops up and you're just fascinated and I can't help myself. Well, once again, for folks who want to order your book, uh, go to alzfdn.org. That's the Alzheimer's Foundation and look for Dancing with Granddad. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. Linda, do you have a website of your own? I do. Very easy. My first name and my last name, Linda, L-I-N-D-A, Bozzo, B-O-Z-Z-O dot com. Thank you very much. Appreciate having you on. Thanks for having me. And the book is Dancing with Granddad. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you again soon right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.